Welcome to Smart Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome back to the Smart Cleaning School podcast, helping visionaries make the impact that they were meant to make. Do you feel like you're swimming in the endless work of your house cleaning business with little hope of the income and freedom you started for in the first place? It's called the Valley of Despair. Do you relate? I met Debbie Sardone several years ago and have personally observed several of my industry friends turn their businesses around and reach seven figures with cleaning business fundamentals. CBF. Check out my interview with the CBF founder entitled A Buffalo Charges the Storm with Debbie Sardone. Would you like to join the nearly 1,000 students and alumni of CBF? Debbie is offering free consultations to listeners of this show through the Smart Cleaning School resources page to see if CBF could be the right solution for you. And remember what Debbie always says. For your business to change, you have to change. I brought Molly Moran onto the Smart Cleaning Tribe in December 2021 as the fourth expert in the seven-figure series. Molly started Green Sweep, New Mexico in 2009. She lives in Albuquerque, New Mexico. She grew her business to $600,000 in six years with basic systems and a split of 50-50 commercial and residential clients. Molly decided to sell the commercial side of her company to focus on houses. After two more years, she built the residential-only portion back to 450000 but she was burnt out. Her business was unsustainable because she had few systems. She was working like crazy, and the thought of this business at $1 million in revenue made her sick as she'd have no life. Molly was scrolling late night on Indeed and Facebook when she stumbled upon Debbie Sardone and CBF. She joined Debbie's coaching program in 2017 as a last-stitch effort to salvage her company and regain her peace of mind. CBF usually helps businesses with $100,000 to $300,000 in business revenue get to the $1 million mark. Molly was way past that, but needed the help nonetheless. She implemented the necessary systems in a year and turned it around. Molly grew from 450000 to over $1.2 million in revenue in four years and closed 2021 on nearly $2 million in annualized revenue. Molly has opted to be more top-heavy at administration to sacrifice profit for time. Others opt to be more involved in the business, less admin, and more profit to the owner. This investment allowed Molly to step away from her business, and today she is a certified CBF coach in helping others turn their residential cleaning companies around and on track toward a seven-figure absentee business. There were many amazing lessons that Molly taught us on this tribe call. I wanted to extract just a few. The first 15 minutes of this podcast are highlights from Molly's overall business journey 
and lessons along the way, including her decision to join CBF. The last portion of this episode answers a tribe member's question about her struggles along the way. Molly's answer is delivered in a classroom format where she systematically unpacks the four struggles at four distinct revenue levels a cleaning company owner experiences. It is fascinating. I recommend grabbing a notebook and taking some notes for this one. Here you go. So this will be our final expert call for 2021. I can't believe I just said that. The last one of 2021. And this year we've had such a fun series, the seven figure series. We've been uh, bringing on amazing people such as we had Juan Shaparo, we had Kevin Smith, we had Josh Melton. And now our, our fourth and final installment, part four, will be Miss Molly Moran of Green Sweep out of it's Albuquerque, right? Albuquerque, yeah. New Mexico. Yep. So Molly is part of the uh, CBF network and she has an awesome story, an awesome story. So I don't want to take her story, but I just want to say, Molly, thank you for coming on board and just being willing to be an open book. I can already tell just from our conversations that you have a heart to help and serve others. So just thank you for being here. Uh, We really appreciate your time today. My pleasure. I'm really happy to be here. It's nice to see some familiar faces. I see some of you that I've met at different events and stuff. So cool. Um, thanks, Ken. Awesome. So maybe let's let's start here. I, I have, as usual, and I forwarded you these questions, Molly, about a gazillion questions. <laughs> and we've gone through with a, uh, a felt, red felt and a uh, highlighter and, and crossed off most. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we went through the questions and we've got them. I reordered a few. So these, there's some really good stuff here. And I'll just kind of pose this. A few unique things I find about Molly was first, I thought this was really cool. She sold off a division of her company along the way to a million dollars. Another unique thing I thought was we haven't had someone really talk about the process of becoming absentee because Molly is self-admittedly, she's not fully there yet, but she's on the path. And just like what I've heard from some of you guys, like it seems like you make a stride in that direction and you have more time to yourself. And then you have to find yourself like you lose someone key, right, Kate? And you're right back where you were like, oh, what just happened? So Molly's been through that and it's a yo-yo back and forth, but like the stock market, would you say it's like the stock market, Molly? It's like like this, but over time you work your way into that position, like you're toward that goal. Maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think that's a good. I think that's a good analogy. Yeah. Would you mind just sharing your just your story? You know, your seven figure story, like where you were when you were frustrated, and <laughs> what your your what that three hundred four hundred k hump looked like, and and when you and just what were some clicks you made and. And kind of when you hit seven figures and just, just tell us, walk through the story. You, you can tell us how you, why you started your business, whatever, whatever is on your heart to share. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to. Um, so I've been in business for almost 13 years and uh, I started out as residential and commercial. And like many of us, when we start, we're like, just get, I'm getting business from wherever I can get it. Right. And in the very beginning, I actually did some cleaning. I wanted to make sure I knew how to do everything. So I was cleaning and I, but I hire people pretty quickly to help out and had some good sort of steady growth, you know, for the first few years. And then about four years in, and I need, I, I don't know off the top of my head, honestly, but I was probably around four years in, I was probably around 400 or so, I would say. 
and a, a pretty even mix of residential and commercial and kept growing, had some personal tragedy happen right around that time. And so actually I, be, I became absentee at that point in time because I couldn't run my business because I had some family stuff I was dealing with. So I stepped out and had my manager actually, um, she stepped in, she helped me. Turns out down the road, she went and started her own cleaning company. That's a whole, that's a whole other story, you know? And so I, I was absentee really early on without being profitable. My bases were covered. You know, my, my people in the office, my people in the field were getting paid. I wasn't making too much then, but I needed some time to deal with my, deal with my family stuff. And then when I stepped back in about a year, six months, seven months later, I was like, okay, I'm ready to turn this back up. And so I did, I turned it back up. We experienced some pretty rapid growth up until about year six or so. And we were operating 8 a.m. till midnight, Monday through Friday, some weekend work because we were doing a bunch of commercial stuff as well. I was up to, I think about 25 employees. We had teams and cars and all kinds of things. And we looked pretty successful. I had a pretty unpredictable income. I didn't have control of sort of my labor or my profits and, and stuff at that point in time. And I took a vacation. Well, actually, somebody approached me asking me if I might be interested in selling the commercial side. And I was a broker who was looking for somebody. And so I was like, well, I don't know. I, I went through the process with them and they ended up offering me, I think, about $100,000. And I was like, no, like... I was doing probably about 250 or I was doing about 300 maybe anyway. And I was like, no, it just didn't seem like quite enough. And so I said, no, walked away from that. And then um, six or seven months later, I went on vacation and I was having to find so much coverage for day, night. And I had, I had an admin team and I had management staff, but me being out of town for a couple of weeks caused so much extra stress on my management team. And so I came back and I was like, okay, that's it. Like we need to not have, I don't want the night work anymore. You know, um, it's, it's just too much. It's too unwieldy operating 16 to 18 hours a day. So I reached back out to that, that same broker who had approached me and said, Hey, I'm looking to sell. I didn't know anything about it really, except for some, a little bit of internet research and whatever, which I would recommend doing a lot more research than I did and maybe not having a broker who takes 10%. And so she then, she said, okay, I've got some people in mind. And so she, we started the process and went through that process and I can talk more about it if people are interested. Ken, you probably are, but I that process. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I ended up selling, a, I don't know, a few months later and I sold, I think one of your questions was like how much I sold it for $150,000. So I got oh, 50,000 cool. more than the first offer. It was based on the uh, about three times um, cash to owner, so three times profit. So I was profiting about fifty thousand a year, all all said on the commercial side, and so I got three times that profit. And I had a lot of contracts in place, and I had a lot of systems in place to run that side, and the staffing. The staff went with the sell the sale as well, so uh, it was all completely covered. And then I was like, okay, I'm just going to focus on the residential. And so right, at, so I sold the commercial side, and then I I went back down in revenue, probably to around four hundred or so. And where were you before that? Around seven? Actually, uh, more like around six or so. Yeah, right around six. And so I went down. And I was like, okay, now I'll just run the residential side. I'll make up for it, no problem. Well, it ended up being a lot harder 
than I imagined. And I just was having, I had so much unpredictability in my um, profit. And, you know, I kind of got what was left over at the end of the day. And I had a lot of, you know, high labor costs and anyways, um, and I didn't like my business at all. I, and and I, I actually, at that point, that was my second time being semi-absent, I would say. I had a good manager in place. We'd gotten rid of half the business and I was like, I'm riding my bike. I'm working a little bit. I'm riding my bike. I totally abdicated responsibility. I did not delegate responsibility, but I was really burned out. And I had just gotten $150,000 in cash for selling the business. And I was just, so I probably worked about 10 or 15 hours a week, maybe, and rode my bike and whatever, sort of revitalized myself and, and got some energy back for at least six or eight months in there, I would say. And then this is kind of a long intro, Ken. Sorry. No, this um, is great. This, this okay. a lot of questions are being answered. Kate, I'm curious, is this resonating yet? Because I think this is the expert call that you're going to really like a lot. You're muted though. Yes, for sure. In fact, <laughs> that's why I'm I'm hopping off video because I was like because you're crying. Pretty much <laughs> owner, yeah. And then um, I had some because of some unforeseen circumstances. You know, my office manager got into a tragic accident. My field operations manager decided it was time for her to go. So I'm now doing everything and making up new. I'm like reordering my admin staff responsibilities and job titles and things like that, training in and working at the same time. So, but I'm a lot, that's a lot. That's a lot. I feel your pain. Like I definitely feel your pain. Yeah. Sorry. You're going through that. Um, I think everybody's good. Well, I hope not. Everybody's going to go through it at some point. I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. I'll just mute now. (laughs) There are, there are pains. And I always say, you know, it's like running a business is, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And so, and there's going to be those ups and downs, just like you said, Ken, like in the, like in the stock market. Right. But um, so, so that was my, after I sold the commercial side, that was probably my second time becoming absentee. And then I came back in because I was like, we were floundering. We weren't growing. I didn't have control of my marketing. I stepped back in and was like, okay, I got to fix this. And so now we're kind of getting what, what causes you to come back in is like, you feel like you get your purpose back or just like fear sets in. Like if I don't do something, this happens is a purpose driven or a fear driven your opinion purpose in that I need to make a living. And I got all these, and I got all these people depending on me to make a living kind of that kind of purpose, you know? So, and yeah, I would say both. And I built something and I want it to sustain. And so it was probably right around year eight that I really stepped back in a whole bunch and we grew some, but it was not pretty. And again, chaos, nope, not a lot of profit. And then I found CBF, which I know some of you are familiar with. Um, and then I like changed everything in my business based on the CBF model, right about year eight and a, year eight and a half. And I was, I was in bed. I was looking for jobs on Indeed. And I, cause I was so burned out by my business. I was looking for jobs on Indeed and I was Facebook scrolling and I came across the CBF, the cleaning business fundamentals program. And I was like, well, you know, I've been at this for eight, eight and a half years. And to me, it ended up being a last ditch. And I'm not selling CBF. This is my journey, just to be clear, right? Like it was a last ditch effort for me, um, an investment. And it was actually the first time I invested in myself. And in my coaching and growth, it like, I mean, I read business books and stuff, but I hadn't had any 
formal coaching in the cleaning business world. I had a coach on the outside early on, like one of those corporate coaches, action coach. But anyway, I, I did something in industry specific, right? And I ended up changing everything in my business. It was extremely painful, extremely painful, but became profitable almost immediately. And then grew it again. So now I'm at like, so 600. And then- Is that where you started CBF around 600? No, I started CBF and we were about 450. We were right about 450, just under 500 when I started CBF. And that was almost four years ago. And then the first year I grew just a little bit during that time, like maybe 25 or $30,000. However, I, I kind of stabilized my whole business and got rid of a whole lot of chaos and started making money. And so that, so that, you know, it feels really bad when you're working your face off and you're not making any money. But at least then I was working my I was working really hard, but I was making money. So it felt better in other years. And so 450. So I grew it just a little, like maybe just under, maybe 500, some somewhere right around there, my first year in CBF. And then the second year we went up to I think 660 or 670. Then COVID hit in 2020. And we maintained the 660, 670 in 2020. Nice. And yeah, and we closed for a month and a half or so. Um, and then, but we maintained. And then this past year has been my extreme growth. So, and where we've doubled this year. So we'll be closing out this year with 1.2 in the books. And I, this past year, like a year and a half, year, year and a half ago, I actually became a CBF coach. And so this is the third time I've become semi absentee, I would say, because. That was a, that's been a halftime, sometimes full-time almost job for me, depending. And so having the right team in place to handle everything operationally had to happen because otherwise I would have been working, you know, 70 hours a week, which I don't do. I don't ever do, you know, like I just don't, I don't have that kind of work power. I have the ethic, but I don't have the energy, I guess. So, um, so this is the third, the third time I've, and now, so not fully absentee, but working 10, 15 hours again, back yeah. in my business, something like that. that so. That's quite a journey. You'll close this year. Your This will be your first year, this first complete calendar year at a million, which is like 1.2, but your current monthly, like right now you're, you're doing like 130,000 a month or something. Yes. So you're on track. Yeah. So if you, if you just stayed where you're at, you'll, you'll hit like 1.7 or something like that next year. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. If we, if the, we stay. Yeah. That's just awesome. Thank okay. You. Yeah. So congratulations. First of all, we want to thank you from the tribe to you. Congratulations for crossing the million dollar mark in 2021. That's got like, how does that just tell us what it feels like relief, excitement. Let's what do you feel when you think, when you hear that, you look at those numbers, 2021, 1.2 million, all these things. What do you feel? A lot of gratitude for having like a really good team who worked really hard to help get us there. And Definitely some pride, which I know is, I don't know, pride. People have different ideas about pride, but but I'm proud. I'm proud of the hard, hard work and the changes that I've had to put in place and, you know, fears I've had to face and mindset shifts I've had to make to, to really go from this, to change my mind, really, to get us to this next place. So pride and gratitude and relief, because I feel more financially secure now than I have in years past. So that's helpful for me and my family, of course. Those are probably the main feelings. And a little tired, I'm not going to lie. I'm going on vacation next week. I'm a little tired. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you said that there was different levels of like struggle and you started sharing the first level, what that looked like. So this is kind of painting a business out and this is a great for, so like, like Sunny, she's converted solo cleaner and now she's starting to build a company with a team. So this is, she'll, she'll want to hear about what that three, 400 K mark looks like. And then you mentioned one that I wouldn't have known about the 1 million, 1.2 struggle. Like who would have known that there's another major struggle that happens. Could you share some of those like no man's lands where you're like, Oh my gosh, it's going to fall apart. Tell me like, just walk us through those struggles. There's different points. Yeah. Some of them have to do with people power and some of them have to do with leadership, I would say. So to me, there's like this three to 400 where you got some revenue coming in, you're running things in your office, but you're like doing, you've got, obviously you've got field staff if you're at that level, um, you know, maybe eight people, something like that. And you're working your face off in the office to keep everything going because there's there's a lot of stuff happening and you can't really afford to hire some, to necessarily to hire somebody. And so that's a definite pain point and struggle. And and I would say if you can figure out how to afford to hire somebody, then hire somebody because that will help propel you to the next level. And this and the same thing happened, I should say, Ken, right around seven ish or so, the same kind of thing happened. And I, at the time was working full-time in my business and I had a right-hand person and we were like, or no, actually I'd say more like around six. It's kind of like every three, 350, three to 350 in revenue um, is where it is. And that's those, that's a people power kind of thing at the, at that level for me, because I was still in, well, most, mostly in and out of my business, as I've described, the more in your business, of course, the more profit you personally can pull because you're not you're not paying somebody but so right around 657 that becomes another pain point of needing to hire somebody to help get you to the next level well well like the first one the three to four hundred was you are the office staff and you need to bring on more admin to grow the next level that's the first one what's the six seven hundred because you have office staff at this point what's that what's that probably you probably need another office staff about that point and there's a lot of us that try to bootstrap this, right? Because we get used to making a certain paycheck and then, you know, we don't want to see some of that go because there's this insecurity that happens with a lot of business owners. Like, is this growth going to continue? And it can be a little nerve wracking, right? Deciding if you're going to bring have the responsibility of another person's paycheck and not being sure that you can control your growth and that you're going to keep on going. And, you know, we talk in CBF about kind of need a new office person, at least in the, about every three, 350, you probably need to add someone to your admin team right around there. And then the next one that I'm currently dealing with probably happened right over the million dollar thing. And we've been, we have, we hired a third person, but it's more of a leadership issue, leadership or capacity. One recommendation I would have would be very would be to be very careful with the titles that you give people. This is a mistake I made and using the the word manager can like create a whole host of issues. I'm a different business at 1.2 than I was at 500. So having, or 600. And so that manager can't manage at this, at this particular level. So where I am now, the struggle I am at now is really a capacity leadership. I've had to up my leadership game. I've never run a company of this size, you know, so we're having to redo certain processes, certain things that worked at six, seven don't work, aren't scalable 
at one point too, and also doing more coaching and leadership of my internal team. Can you give an example of something that scaled at 750 that doesn't scale now? Is that what, is that what you just said? Like certain things don't scale now? Certain things aren't working as well. Certain, I mean, it's, it's more of some of that's technology actually, or some of it's our customer service process as well. So I'll give you a technology example if you want one. Um, yeah. I mean, anything just, just, it's just, I, I find this really helpful. It gives us the, the sure. it, kind of paint, it paints the future of what we're looking at. Sure. Yeah. I mean, so for example, we have this giant we have this thing that we call our comm log, our communications log. It is a beast. And we started in this program called Smartsheet. I'm not sure if any of you are familiar with that. But then we moved it to a Google Sheet. It's like a giant Excel file, but it's live where we track incoming and outgoing communication with clients and staff. If a staff calls in or a schedule change or whatever. And in the, I started it so that if I was out riding my bicycle, I could get on the comm log and know what happened during the day. Mm. And, and it's kind of like the daily, the pulse of the day, you know, like this person called in, this person switched this, whatever. And so we've continued to use that. And, you know, what used to might be like 10 or 15 entries is now 40 entries. And you've got everyone kind of reading everything rather than having more discrete roles because of that, I would say. And so that's, that's something that hasn't been scalable for us. So we're looking for a new solution around that. You know, you might start with one particular software and find that it's fine if you've got a couple of technicians and whatever. And then once you're at a million, you're like, this software has way too many glitches or doesn't have an, isn't robust enough for me or whatever. And you need to switch softwares. Like there's certain things that don't, that you have, you know, your business is changing. You've got to kind of update and grow with it. Didn't I tell you that was going to be fascinating? I have placed all four of the struggles in the show notes. That way you could look through them. But this is probably an episode you're going to want to go back to, especially as you hit different levels in your own business. As Molly shared, she is a certified CBF coach, and the CBF course and program is what has completely transformed her business. So would you like to learn more about CBF? Check out my interview with the CBF founder entitled A Buffalo Charges the Storm with Debbie Sardone. Debbie is offering free consultations to listeners of this show through the Smart Cleaning School Resources page to see if CBF could be the right solution for you. Have an amazing week. Thank you for listening to Smart Cleaning School. Class is dismissed.